How are we doing? Are we still here? If you need to take a break, that's cool. Feel free to press pause, come back to it later. Do whatever you got to do. That's the beauty of these things. You can kind of listen to it and engage as you want. Uh, but today, my friends, something that I've been thinking a bit about, it's been on my mind for almost a week now, so we'll see how this goes. But today I want to talk to you about a few things. I want to talk to you about a story that's in the Bible, cranking it up to 11, the question we must be asking, and then I want to leave you with two questions to take with you. So hopefully that will go all well. Lean into this with me, and let's see where we end up. So a story in the Bible. There's this really ancient and old story, and it's not so much a story about telling facts as it is a story about telling truths. It's a story that's meant to provide meaning and wisdom and help explain why things are the way they are. And this is a story about two brothers. One's name is Cain, and one's name is Abel. Maybe you know it. And we're told that the two head off one day to give a sacrifice to God. They want to show God their awe and their gratitude, so they bring things that are valuable to them. They bring things that are important to them, and they give them over to God. So Cain, being a farmer, he brings some uh, fruit. And Abel, being a shepherd, he brings an animal. And now, for whatever reason, we're not really told why, God respects Abel's sacrifice over Cain's. And Cain, feeling hurt, confused, and rejected, feeling jealousy at his brother and anger towards God, he freaks out. He lets his rage overtake him, and he lures his brother into a field, picks up a rock, and murders him. And then a bit later, God goes out for a walk, and he's looking for Cain and Abel, but he sees Cain, but not Abel, so he asks him, hey, where's your brother? And Cain answers, why would I know? Am I my brother's keeper? It's a powerful story. It's a story that we've been telling for almost 3,000 years. And whenever we read this story, our job is to ask why. What is it about this story that makes it so enduring? What is this story trying to tell us today? And as I've been thinking about this story, um, I keep thinking about this thing that happened to me at the grocery store. Now, I might be a bit weird for this. I'm willing to own that. But I legit enjoy going to the grocery store. It's a chore I do not mind doing. I really li- I like going to our favorite stores. I like seeing the ingredients and imagining what we can create with them. And during this pandemic, that's not changed. I still enjoy going to the grocery store. And as I've gone out the past few times, I knew it would be different. I knew they'd only let a certain amount of people in at a time. I know there'd be arrows on the ground that everybody ignores. I know that some things wouldn't be in stock. I knew all that. I was prepared for that. But what I wasn't prepared for is what happened to me last week. Last week, I went in there already to get some groceries, and it was different on an entirely other level. Something was off. As soon as I walked in, I could feel it. And loud is the only way I can think to describe it. It was like when you put your favorite song on the radio, but you crank it up too loud and the speakers can't handle it. The whole thing was just jarring and off. 
But the thing was, the weird thing was, it was actually quiet in there. It wasn't an audible noise, it was a spiritual noise. It was something reverberating in and amongst all the people. And as I was going up and down the aisles, I couldn't figure out what exactly it was. But then it hit me. Then I figured it out. I was feeling everything that we're going through during this pandemic. The grocery store was acting like an echo chamber. It was amplifying all these feelings this pandemic is causing and cranking them up to 11. I could hear the fear. Who has it? Are they too close? I don't want to get too close to them. Get away from me. Who touched what? I could hear the scarcity. That shelf is bare. There's nothing left. I'm going to starve. I could hear the competition. I need this. It's mine. It's not yours. You don't need that. I do. I mean, no wonder it was different. No wonder it was so loud. Fear, scarcity, competition. Those are loud feelings. Anyone know those feelings? I mean, I'm sure we all do. How could we not be feeling them? Whether it's at the grocery store or when we're out for a walk, those are the feelings this pandemic is bringing up within us. And if we know those feelings, if we felt them rise up within us, we know the place they can take us. And that's why that super old story about Cain and Abel matters. That question Cain asks is the place those feelings draw us into. Am I my brother's keeper? It's no longer an abstract question. It's the most important question. And of all the questions we're asking right now, when will restrictions be lifted? When is church coming back? What will the new world look like? What about the economy? Am I my brother's keeper? That's the only question we need to be asking. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? Are we keepers of one another? It's a question about how we see and relate to each other. It's a question that asks, are we independent and separate from, from one another? Or are we dependent and connected with one another? Do we see each other as threats and enemies? Or do we see each other as siblings and friends? Do we see others as people to fear and compete with? Or do we see them as people to love and work with? It's a question that asks us, is it about the survival of me and my own, or is it about the flourishing of us and everyone? And in this elevated state of need, fear, security, and safety, this is the question we have to double down on. This is the question we have to be rumbling with. It's the only question we have to be rumbling with. Because the thing is, this simply isn't about survival. If survival is a goal, we're screwed. Fear, scarcity, and competition, they're mutually destructive forces. They're not going to get us anywhere. What this is about is the same thing it's always been about. It's about flourishing. It's about creating a world where everyone has enough and everybody has a place. It's about creating a world where everything is bent towards the flourishing of everything and everyone. 
That doesn't change in the middle of a pandemic. This is when it actually matters the most. This isn't when we opt out. This is when we step in. And the way we do that, the way we choose flourishing over survival, the way we create that world instead of destroy it, is by, say, is by saying yes to being keepers of one another. It's by saying yes to human solidarity, yes to dependent, connected, and mutual relationships. It's by choosing to see each other as friends and siblings that we can not only get through this, but we can come out of it better. So the next time you're at the grocery store, the next time you go for a walk, here's what you need to do. Here's the work. There are two questions you need to ask yourself. What would happen if you didn't listen to the fear, scarcity, and, co and competition, but did the radical, daring, and world-changing thing of choosing to see each other as siblings? And what would happen if you trusted that they saw you the same way? What would happen if you chose to see them as siblings and you trusted that they saw you in the same way? Yeah. What would happen? What would happen if we all said yes to being keepers of one another? What kind of world could we, could we create right now? How could we come out of this better than when we went in? So those are the questions for you to rumble with this week. As you head out into the neighborhoods, as you head to work, the grocery stores for walks, wherever you are, what would happen? What would happen if you said yes to seeing each other as your siblings, as family, as people worthy of love? And what would happen if you trusted that they saw you the same way? Amen.